Hello, everyone. This is Tijan Jenko, Master Certified Coach and Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach. I have Marta Regalado with me. Welcome, Marta. How are you today? I am good. Thank you so much. How are you? I am well. So we are going to talk all about love today on this today's episode. <laughs> what do you have for us to discuss about love? Well, I would love to start with a definition of love. How do you define love? It's such a big topic and we use it so, so freely and so openly to refer to so many different things. So I want to hear what it means to you. In, in my view, love is a universal energy that supports ordinance of harmony. And the reason I'm saying this is that um, when, even when somebody does something harmful towards us and we respond to it in the same way, there is something in our system just kind of jerks it and says, that's not okay. Especially when the anger goes away or just settles down a bit. So that tells me that we are wired to act in harmony with all the sentient beings. And the, the, in my view, then the love is the universal police for that. <laughs> Just blows through everything that ensures about harmony. And as human beings, obviously we do have the choice, the free will to be loving, harmonic and not, but, um, then our system kind of gives us a feedback when we are not. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that's, it's so interesting how, you know, this universal energy, it sounds like it leads to kind of the, the harmony, an external harmony, as well as an, an internal harmony. Absolutely. And especially when we are not in alignment with internal harmony, we often cannot create harmonic environments externally. And that's where we talk about lack of self-love. But yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think it will be also helpful to speak about how Greek philosophers or Greek language defines love, that there are distinctions um, between the expression of love that could be... Um, now we're in the Valentine's Day, the erotic love that comes with the passion. There is um, philia, like affiliation, the friendship, that there's that sort of uh, expression. There is the agape that we, I, in my view, it's more compassionate, understanding, unconditional, that love for everything, the essence of love. Um, there is also love for the self, love for the family and friends, is a playfulness in love. So there are distinctions about the expression itself in the Greek language. There is um, Socrates talks about love being the need for a good to do something. And then Einstein talks about love being uh, about gravity. So in the physics perspective, if we think about everything is relationship, 
for us to express ourselves and experience as um, life as a human being, then the love as a gravity makes sense that slows us down to have that relational exchange. So yeah, these I thought they would be helpful for our audience to hear about these perspectives along with what I offered. Yeah, that's beautiful. So I love these different perspective, perspectives and expressions. And I'm curious if there was kind of like an umbrella mm-hmm. to that held all of these expressions. Would it be the universal energy and harmony that you were talking about? I think that what I'm talking about is the essence of love that doesn't matter whether you love, you don't love, it's just kind of in, informs you that you are in harmony, in, in harmony, in love or not. It's mm-hmm. just an o- automatic feedback mechanism. The other expressions that were the Socrates or Einstein was talking about to me those are the qualities of a relationship that um, there is attraction, natural attraction for something that is in alignment with us that we call it love. So I think there is a nuance and distinction with the energy itself because that energy loves everything. There is no distinction. But for me, as Tijan, I have preferences, natural attraction towards, let's say, yoga or walking or coaching versus I don't care, like that much or I have no interest in baseball, for example. <laughs> right. Um, that, so I don't I think that as a human being, we have some natural attractivity and um, that's where that we call it love that comes in. Mm -hmm. That to me is an attraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm curious with everything that, you know, you've been discussing so far, how does all of this differ from the traditional view of love? I think the traditional view of love, there is a lot of need to get in, in the way that we call it love including the Valentine's Day, that you start to see the needs of people receiving flowers that, that, so that they can post in social media. <laughs> there is an expectations of a partner to give you chocolate, this, that. So there is a need, whether that is need for self-validation, need for... Um, self-affirmation, needs for nurturance, whatever it is that there is often a need involved in the traditional view of love um, when it comes to relationship. Um, I don't even like to call that romantic relationship, but that's the in the lack of terminology. That's what I'm going to call. Um, and when it comes to love, traditional view of love relates to the other relationships, such as a parent and child relationship or friendship, the needs then um, is different. But often people are confused with um, passion, with love, that in my view. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, I think it's so interesting how, you know, in this traditional view of love, there are the needs and the expectations, mm-hmm. you know, that get in the way of being able, I think maybe to, to give love, to receive love. And I'm wondering how this ties into unconditional love. What is unconditional love? It seems like that is kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah, I think that before we talk about unconditional love, we need to talk about the condition of love. Mm-hmm. That we have a lot of conditions as human beings around love. So, for example, we think that um, in order for us to love somebody, they need to be um, part of a particular religion. They need to be part of a particular political opinion. They need to be having a particular um, job. They need to have this. So we need to understand all the conditions that are in our shadow (laughs) of the psyche Mm -hmm. that um, impacts our ability to relate to another human being. So when those are removed, then we come closer to the word agape, that just love is love. There is no conditions. It's just an energy. It's there. And there is no judgment, assessment, whether something or someone is worthy of that compassionate exchange or not. There is nothing in there. Mm, And that's beautiful. Love is love. And I'm curious, you know, as you begin to understand these conditions, would that be the first step to kind of unconditional love? Absolutely. This is, I've written a blog about this years back that this is often one of the things that comes into coaching conversation that somebody will be complaining about whether it's their business relationship or a romantic relationship or a relationship with a parent or a sibling, whatever. Um, We need to then untangle what the issue is, what is the inflammation point is to help people to see their conditions. Because our conditions also gets in our way of receiving. For example, um, I think that the, the Five Love Languages book that speaks about that, to me, that life, love language is more than five, but if your um, tendency and understanding when somebody is loving you, when they do something for you, but their form of love is not to do something for you, rather just stay there and listen to you, you will feel unloved regardless of what the other is doing and how much effort they are putting in. It's just a different conditioning for both of you. So until that is understood, we cannot get to the unconditional love because we are restricting ourselves, whether the love 
come wants to come in or come out how does that resonate yeah it seems like you know it's almost like it seems like there's a, a very narrow view you know with the conditioned love and as soon as you open up you know your mind and begin to to understand that there are other ways of showing love and receiving love that might differ completely from yours it just seems to to open up so many possibilities and and you allow I would imagine there's an allowing of other people understanding how they show love and allowing that as opposed to kind of restricting it to it has to be this way. Absolutely. And, and also adds the self-responsibility, ownership of that exchange. Because if you are wearing that um, pink glasses, everything you're going to see will be pink in the shades of pink. And when there is an offering in green, you would not be able to see it. So once you understand, oh, when I wear these pink glasses, <laughs> that's what I'm going to see. And whether you want to change it or not, but the, as you know, awareness is the first step for everything, especially in coaching towards change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I would uh, invite people to look into the conditions before we get to the unconditioned. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, I, I love that metaphor of the glasses. And I'm curious, you take off those, those glasses, would that now be unconditional love? It will be stepped towards it. I don't know that um, maybe some of the monks can reach to that level um, and that level of nirvana. Our social upbringing and conditioning brings so much condition to us. And they sit in the shadow that it is hard, quite hard to release all that everything around mm -hmm. everything. And some of those things are automatic. For example, that let's say you had seven siblings and your parents were busy tending everybody and you only got attention when you hurt yourself and cried. Guess what's gonna happen to you? Your system is going to say, oh, hurt equals love. So then you will be keep looking for being hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to play a number on you and it, and it won't be visible to you until you come into self-reflective work or coaching. So really that um, it, it is obviously more self-work we do, mm -hmm. more aware we're going to be, what are we doing to ourselves and everyone, every other being around us. <laughs> But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that sounds like the like the first step to the untangling. Yes, that you were talking about, or kind of like starting to touch that that kind of inflammation uh -huh. that needs to go down. Yeah. So, what makes us block out love? We, I, I feel like you've touched about it, touched upon it a little bit. I'm curious if you could expand. I think that our um, unrealized thoughts about our value and 
not clearly understood about our conditioning that gets us to block love. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Our unrealized thoughts about our value. Absolutely. If, if there is an, um, this is where I get into neurologic approach to coaching that if there is an undertone in your nervous system, keep singing that, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> and you're not even noticing that. Then we will really be blocking the things are, that are offered to us because that's reactive response to something. If you believe that it's not for you, even if somebody hands it to you, you will feel guilty about it, shameful about it, uneasy about it, do whatever you need to do to reject it in a, in a way, because the nervous system is going to say that, no, 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 that's not for you. <laughs> yeah, those are the harder changes that needs to be recognized and that require deeply transformative coaching. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you're touching upon self-love. Correct. And I'm curious if, if you know, if that's, if it is self-love, how do you kind of, how do you develop self-love? I think that it's not necessarily even, I call it love, but self-appreciation and self-understanding, self-compassion before self-love, because then love automatically reveals. I, my view that love exists, love is love, love exists, but then love is piled over with um, not appreciating the self, not valuing the self, not understanding the self. And when they are there, when you release those things and love automatically comes out, that's my view. So more we understand how do we value ourselves? How do we appreciate what makes up us appreciate ourselves mm -hmm. and um, what makes us get in our way to understand and comprehend that sometimes, for example, when you are exhausted and tired, you can be snappy and that's okay. We, we hold ourselves in such different um, standards than we hold others sometimes. And so the understanding all that, I think, eventually releases those piled up heaviness over love and then love becomes available again. Yeah. And I'm curious, as we begin to appreciate ourselves and, you know, understand ourselves and have self-compassion, what changes? What's different? My view is that in my coaching sessions, what happens is that there is a gentler relationship to the self. 
and more nurturing response to the self. And again, I'm going to use the word appreciation, uh, compassion. Those uh, qualities then become more available towards the self. And um, that creates more harmonic and freedom response. Yeah. Uh, one relates to themselves. That's beautiful. So being more gentle, more nurturing mm -hmm. with yourself. And again, you know, the appreciation. I think appreciating who you are, where you've been, how far you've come. Yeah. And often, unfortunately, that we get so much into life that we, regardless of how much self-work we do, certain things are so deeply rooted, culturally rooted. Um, there are a lot of cultures around the world that puts everyone else Beside before you, and we get into our toward doing things uh, towards our detriment, and unfortunately, sometimes that people get to that level of self appreciation and compassion mm -hmm. after serious of accidents or um, health diagnosis or something similar, some kind of traumatic event that turns into an invitation for that. So it sounds like yeah, even more untangling to be done and almost like a rearranging of values, especially when you talk about the culture, the cultural aspect and how that's so ingrained. And it sounds like it takes even you know, more work to be able to untangle that. And as um, we talk about this, or sorry, go on. Yeah, I was going to say that not necessarily more work, but um, careful and special type of work that I mm. call, um, again, neurologic approach to coaching that untangles and makes the social conditionings more available, more break, brings them to the surface. Otherwise, in a transactional coaching conversation, you're not going to able to see these things. Even transformational coaching, some gets to some level, but deeper levels that um, I, I call it also a transcendental coaching can get you to that level. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I was going to kind of, yeah, brings things to the surface, to light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to reference one of your poems. And it's this beautiful poem that talks about the internal struggle we carry regarding self-love. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. And I think that we will post that with the uh, podcast for the audience to have a look. There I was talking about often, especially in the Western part of the world that we created this disease about busyness and associating our value with how busy we are. And then there is then part of us also feels everyone love for everyone else and, and wants to do things for everyone else. And there is no time left for us. So then the struggle becomes how come that I am such loving and caring and compassionate for everyone else, 
And when it comes to me, I'm exhausted and I don't have time for me. So that's what that poem is talking about in, in that struggle. And that's where I was sharing earlier in my view, uh, our value system needs to be adjusted and shifted so that we can come to that balance of loving and caring for everyone else and loving and caring for us at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like there's a lot of harmony in that. And I would imagine a lot of people, especially women, would can relate to this, you know, being very, you know, giving so much to others and feeling really putting value in giving a lot to others and not giving anything to themselves. So I think this, this would, you know, sound very familiar for a lot of people. And I'm curious about our ability to love and is it conditioned by how loved we feel? Absolutely, that our ability to love, as we talked earlier, is going to be very much conditioned about our conditions, <laughs> right? That, um, again, it goes back to that filtering. If, if we are wearing the our conditioning is like the horse blinders, you will only look for a certain behavior to recognize that is love. So anything else that is presented to you is not gonna be coming through that filter because that's not what you're looking for. It's almost in a way that um, somebody may be telling you all the love words in another language that you don't understand. And you're feeling so sad and upset that you're not receiving any love words, but they are told to you. <laughs> it's just that not registering it. Mm. And that's so interesting. And both those metaphors, again, kind of either taking off the glasses, mm -hmm. so you're able to register, you know, or, you know, the language, you know, it's, it's, it's been given to you, but you're not understanding it in that way. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious now, we've talked a lot in general about love and I'm wondering how does it show up? How does the concept of love show up in a coaching conversation? It often shows up in my sessions as unmet needs, um, self need for a self-validation or uh, sort of a um, compliance. So it, it again, it relates to somebody's uh, love language. What happens is often that um, we want, even in the English language, right? That we call it better health. That means the things I don't have, somebody better has it. <laughs> so that's in a way, that we're looking for our needs to be met through someone else. Um, or we're looking for somebody to constantly validate us that we're not receiving. That often, these two often comes up in any kind of coaching, whether it's in a professional setting or in the life coaching setting. 
And, um, and then the compliance again can come up with both of those settings that we look for. If you do this for me, then I know you love me, but that has nothing to do with love. You, you have a need to understand you're being cared for only when you're complying with whatever I ask you to do. So that's often how I see that love shows up. And besides mm-hmm. the fact that the hardest thing is about self-love, that there was a client, um, we had a whole year of coaching and every subject that came when we went deeper, it was about their self-love and they just was were not ready to offer themselves that level of compassion. Yeah. So there's a readiness. And I'm curious, as a master mentor coach, how do you respond to this in a coaching session? Um, Again, the awareness is the thing. The first thing I um, look for is, this is that I often teach in my mentor sessions, what is this about? We need to go at a deeper level to figure out when somebody says they don't love me, they don't care for me, what not it is, then we need to figure out what is it, the need that is not met. And then you can see whether it's, it's um, they're looking to validate, they're looking for compliance, they're looking for a particular thing that um, I will look for that, what is this about? And then I will look for what is the condition that this person, what is their language that what is the nervous system is looking for? Whether that maybe they are receiving and not registering it. So I would look for that. And then I would look for their readiness to see um, having a more nurturing relationship with themselves. So the multiple things can show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's so interesting, you know, what's it starts with what's that need that's not being met, you know, the, the part about the language and, you know, where they're receiving and not registering, you know, and it sounds like there's like, you make a little connection there or you help Absolutely. them make a connection. Absolutely. I mean, the, whether they make the connection or not, is their choice as we know. Um, but at least they will realize that this is what I'm doing. And what would you like to do with that is always (laughs) client's choice. Yeah. Choice. Yes. And we know the importance of choice. Absolutely. Um, And I'm curious, what would you like to share from your perspective about ways to cultivate more self-love for our listeners who who are, you know, who are listening and really resonating with the topic and they want to know, okay, what can I do to cultivate more self-love? I think that um, it is important for one to know how they are expressing love externally and then how they are expressing love internally to see if it is the same language or not and then when also how much that they need to express externally that 
is the concept I was talking about in my poem, that whether it's being balanced or not, because if one has a constant nudge to externally express love, it could exhaust people to do a lot of things for others, and then there is no energy left for the self. So how balanced is that? And where then value adjustments needs to take place there. So I would recommend those things, how they are landing on you, Marta. Well, I'm curious, as you say, you know, to examine how are you expressing love externally and internally, how would someone go about examining this? Um, external love expressions is easier. Right, we see what we are doing for other people when we love them. Uh, whether you're cooking for someone, doing things for someone, buying things for someone, that you will often have much more understanding on that, in my view, than what you do for you. So often that. Um, what we do to show ourselves love requires more reflection to my experience and my sessions, as well as my own uh, understanding about that. And um, so once those are understood, then we can um, start our journey about balancing things out or maybe offering ourselves at different levels of different languages um, adjusting what we do for others, unless that um, I don't think any one of our uh, listeners are going to carry this, but never know that uh, narcissism, for example, gets to be extreme levels. Um, but in a way that when somebody has perfectionist tendencies, that could get along with that. So then one restricts a lot of love coming in because they feel like that something isn't just perfect yet. Mm. So again, another reason for that block, for, yeah. for that restriction. And I'm curious, you gave us some great examples for the external expression of love and, you know, what are you cooking? What are you making for someone? What are you doing for someone else? I'm wondering if you could give us a few examples, like very concrete examples of how you express love internally, just to give our audience an idea. I think that, um, again, you need to understand when do I register my own self-love? So if my language was nurturing others, then I need to cook when I'm cooking for myself, I need to maybe tell it to my nervous system. Hey, look, look, looky, looky. <laughs> I'm cooking good for you. This is self-love. Do you get it now? And so and maybe in the beginning, we need to make that an exercise to start mm -hmm. registering the things we do for ourselves, especially if we had years of self-abuse, self-lack uh, of uh, care, right? Um, so at some point we need to start re-registering what are we doing for ourselves. So it could be different things for everybody. Maybe for somebody like you, 
will be planting beautiful flowers in the garden that um, maybe it is for others, but you need to say to yourself, hey, that's for me too. And um, for um, someone else will be going out, um, a, taking a walk, hike, uh, whatever it is that is for, it's a little bit personal, right? I cannot say do this, that, the other thing, but I think that we need to understand when do we feel fully in harmony within ourselves based on our own act. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for those examples. I think it really helps clarify what might this internal expression look like. And I'm curious before, you know, we, we wrap up the, this episode, do you have any, and we, I want to ask you about your upcoming offerings, but before that, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share on this topic? I think we had a good discussion about all bunch of different aspects of love. What I would reiterate that the quality of outward expression will be much more enhanced once we master the self internal expression. And this has nothing to do with the narcissism. It's much more nurturance and fulfilling that in a way like offering something out of full tank versus an empty tank, <laughs> which is a no brainer, but we often forget. So start with you and then see where that goes would be my recommendation. And what would be yours? Um, well, that recommendation is beautiful. Thank you. And I agree. I think, you know, looking inward, seeing, reflecting, seeing what's going on and being able to, to offer what you're offering to others and say, what would it look like if I offer that to myself? So I think it's a really, a really wonderful place to start. Thank you for that. And before we finish, I would love to hear about the upcoming course offerings from Jenko Coaching. Yeah, thank you. We have a monthly group mentor coaching is starting in March. It's going to be Thursdays. And this time often I offer that at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. This time it's going to be 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, there will be five weeks in the... March. So there will be five weeks of mentor coaching there. And that's helpful for people to uh, enhance the coaching skill sets and uh, earn CEUs towards it. Um, and then uh, in June, we have neurologic approach to coaching training coming up. That is for, I spoke some aspects of that <laughs> here today. It's a deeper training to get uh, people to understand the neuro-linguistic uh, programming patterns, uh, social conditionings, cognitive distortions, and how to speak to your own um, neurologic system and reactive patterns. So it's gonna be deeper and uh, longer course for that. Well, wonderful. Thank you for sharing those offerings. They sound like wonderful experiences filled with learning and 
about coaching and about yourself. And it sounds great. Um, This has been such a pleasure to connect with you and talk about love. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you, Marta, for being my partner in love. (laughs) 